Or no. Yeah, give us a little background about you, you said. Um, you know, I've been, uh, been helping six, seven, eight years with this, but that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I helped Linda with a little bit of trying to get a little media coverage. Um, and just, uh, I worked with, I guess it's okay to say a business, right? Bun, bun matic uh, every year, except this year that I got, I got them too late. I won't say that, but they have a brew crew, it's called, and they give, they donate coffee and hot chocolate for nonprofit or like events like this to help volunteers. So I, that's, that was, that's been my, my biggest role and just doing anything. She wants me to do anything during the day. With that being, with that being said, how yeah. does that make you feel as a person <clears throat> being able to help something that is helping the community and that type of thing? It, it makes me feel great playing a small role in this. Um, seeing there's such a need um, and, and Thanksgiving such a special time. It's a time to be thankful and appreciate what you have. And I'm blessed with a wonderful wife and three healthy children and, you know, but not everybody is in the same situation. Everybody has struggles and challenges. Uh, they come at different times in life, and you don't know when. And um, it's just great to, like I said, have a small role and feel like I'm helping a little bit, make, have some, for some families, have a little better Thanksgiving. So how long have you been part of the community yourself? Uh, moved to Springfield, came here in 1987, um, worked at Channel 20 for nine years with sports director, then I went to work for the city of Springfield, uh, director of recreation department for six years. And I was with Horace Mann until recently, 18 years, director of community relations. And I got paid to do a job I loved, um, very involved in the community. I always have been involved in the community, love talking to kids or groups or just volunteering. Um, I'm a member of the Spring, uh, board member of Springfield Urban League, I think for three, four years now. And Springfield Sports Hall of Fame joined recently. I helped UCP, uh, their telethon. But... Um, you know, I just, I love the community. My wife, I love the community. And it's been great to me and my family. And I just love helping out wherever I can. That sounds great. That sounds great. Um, are there any things traditionally that you and your family do around this time of year? Um, we're certainly grateful. Um, love getting together. Uh, our kids are all, none of them live here now. Um, they all um, live in different states. So it's great to get together this time of year. We always, of course, have the, the traditional Thanksgiving um, dinner and um, <clears throat> just have a great time, watch football, and do whatever, and hang out, and just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, just the downtime. You said something right there. I'm going to take it away from this event for a second. You okay. said football. Now, there's a big football game going down today between Chatham, Glenwood, and <clears throat> St. Louis. Some people might know. Not Some people might know, and some people might not know. You're from East St. Louis, Yes. Right? Yes, sir. Born and raised East St. Louis. Uh, my mom and dad were uh, both born and raised East St. Louis. My dad was a teacher, basketball coach, principal uh, in the East St. Louis Public, uh, School District 189 for 35 years. And uh, a big believer in, you know, teaching is a noble profession. And uh, my dad was my hero. But yeah, loved following East St. Louis senior high school football and basketball. And uh, some great athletes and great people have come out of East St. Louis. Um, my brother, I'm going way back. My oldest brother, I'm six or seven kids. My oldest brother, Steve, tried out uh, for the tennis team at Assumption High School in East St. Louis back in the day. And my brother quit, quit the team because he was playing, competing against a guy with the name, by the name of Jimmy Connors, who won Wimbledon, is one of the, was considered one of the best tennis players of all time. And I'm not saying my brother knew he'd be a professional, but I guess Jimmy was pretty darn good at the time. But uh, And Jackie Joyner-Kersey from East St. Louis. And, but no, just proud to be yeah. from East St. Louis. Um, I, obviously, that city community has had their struggles over the years. But um, 
I'd lived there, you know, um, we lived in Loisa Village for, I guess, 40 something years until my parents uh, moved to uh, Belleville to, uh, to an apartment community uh, for the last three, four years of their lives. So, um, but I, yeah, born and raised, love you, St. Louis, going to the football game today, looking forward to it. And, and so, being a fan of yours, um, <laughs> would you do one thing? Would you set the table for today's game? Sure. What yes. We, what do we have? Yes. You've got two undefeated teams. East St. Louis ranked number one. Channel Glenwood ranked number two. Uh, uh, both have had great playoff runs, obviously. But East St. Louis, incredible. Six or seven Division One players. One's going to Iowa. One's going to Illinois State. One's going to Texas A&M. I'm not sure about the others. I think the scores for East St. Louis in the three playoff games, combined, collect, combined score is something like 214 to maybe 20-something. Um, and, you know, in the playoffs, it doesn't get any easier. The, the competition's only only tougher, right? right? They've shut out their last two opponents. Chatham-Glenwood, this is probably the best Chatham-Glenwood team. Hard to compare, but probably the best Chatham-Glenwood team, maybe even a little bit better than the state championship team. I think it was 1998 yes. that won. And uh, it's going to be a shootout. I, I think it would be a good game. Chatham-Glenwood has their work cut out for them, but um, Glenwood is so talented. It's just going to be a great game. I think, without a doubt, the winner of this game will win the state championship game next week. But uh, looking forward to seeing where, a lot of offense. Where's that game being played at? Uh, at East St. Louis Senior High School, uh, Clyde Jordan Field uh, right. on State Street, yes. On State Street. Yes. Heck I, went, yeah. I went to sports for a second. I'm going to bring it okay. right back here before we let you go today. Sure. Um, what does this mean to you, being a part? Of, you know, we might have asked you that before, but again, reinforce what this means to you, being able to be a part of something this impactful, that's on the ground level touching people. It's it's everything. It really is. Um, my my parents. I come from somewhat humble beginnings. My dad, you know, they didn't have indoor plumbing when he grew up, and this and that. And and my parent, my parents worked. My dad worked hard. And mom and and, and I, by going into when I was with Horseman, I'd go into schools, public schools, and you see some of the so many challenges that the students have, and and everything. Not everybody has two parents like I had to grow, I mean, grow up with. Um, and some people from single uh, parent or have a guardian uh, homes. Some of the, the guardian's parents work two jobs, three jobs, whatever to do to make ends meet. I respect that, appreciate that. And it just, it keeps me grounded uh, being involved and, and helping others because I have been so fortunate, had so many experiences and people have helped me in my life. And it just, it feels great to give back. And, you know, so 500 families are gonna have a, a better Thanksgiving because of the the Dre on uh, you know Thanksgiving Andre event, fourteen years or sixteen years, Linda's been about fourteen years, I guess, and it's just it's awesome. It's everything. It just it's heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. You know. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> thank you for your time. Yes. Sir. yes thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you, for what you guys thank do. You. Yes. I apologize, but this is me. I do this. Um, I'm, I'm gonna try to get one more out of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've we've heard the Michael Jordan story. <laughs> Give us another sports story that you like. Thanks. Over your career, give us a story. Uh, the other one would probably de- it would be uh, 2000, two, two years ago, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers playing the Golden State Warriors NBA Finals um, for the fourth consecutive year. I, I write occasionally for Springfield Scene Magazine. I, uh, I requested a credential for the NBA. I got one to do a story on Andre Iguodala, of course, from Lanfear. Wanted to do something on, you know, local player, you know, man does good. Um, and I got a press pass. I went, 
I got, it was game four in Cleveland and, and the, the Warriors swept. They won the game, NBA Finals. I got to do interviews after or before the game and after the game. I talked to Sean Livingston, who Andre, you know, they've known each other forever because he's from Peoria, great yeah. guy. Um, you know, I got to talk to Draymond Green, uh, Steph Curry for just a few seconds because he was swarmed by everybody. I got to talk to Charles Barkley after the game about ask, and all I asked these people, uh, everybody was just about what does Andre mean to this team? And I got uh, the, uh, the announcers, I got Stephen A from ESPN talking about Andre before the game. It was awesome. I mean, the, what everybody thinks of him, how highly they think of him. Yeah. And for me, and I wasn't getting paid or anything, it was just a great experience and great to do that, you know, cover a local player uh, who's done great things on the court, of course, and off the court. Yes. He's got it all. Yes. Uh, he's just awesome. But that was certainly one of the thrills. And my son went with me. We went and we got a, he got a ticket last minute. wasn't outrageous. And he got to be there, you know, in the nosebleed seats didn't matter. And we, because we nah. followed the Warriors and all, because Andre, and it was just, it was a great experience. I ended up, I got to do a little story for Springfield Scene video and put it online. It was, anyway, it was just, it was awesome. Then my son Blake, I remember in the hotel that night, we got a hotel about 30 minutes away. And um, it, of course, there were no guarantee the Warriors going to win. But my Blake says, Dad, what, what are we, what, what were we just doing? He said, Yesterday, you know, you're doing your regular job. And now we're here at the NBA final. You were at the NBA finals. You're talking to all these people and all this stuff. I said, it was just meant to be. It worked out. Um, God works in mysterious ways. Yeah, he and does. it just, it just, it was unbelievable. Right place at the right time. And um, it just, it was awesome. And Lyndon Leonard were there. I got to see them for the game. And we did this, I mean, all of my own wrote for the press pass. Didn't get any, want any help from anybody or anything. And it, it just worked out. It was awesome. Got to talk to Steve Kerr, too, who, Steve Kerr, I'm, sorry, I'm rambling, but no, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, when I asked him what Andre means, he had, I thought, the best thing. And I don't, know, I don't think it's the first time he said, but he said he's the smartest player I've ever coached. He said, and he talked about, because during that playoff stretch that, that year, a couple years ago, um, Steph was hurt. So Andre started at point guard. Um, yes. I think it was against the Spurs, if I remember right. Anyway, Steve Kerr said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Andre, you know, started for Steph. And he said, he said, and he did a great job. And he said, after we won that game, he said, I knew that we had a chance to win it again. You know, I mean, you, you think everybody thinks, well, because they have Durant and all that, they're going to win for sure. But he said, I knew we had a chance to be special again after that. And I thought, wow. I mean, yeah. you can't speak any higher. And that's yeah. the guy from Springfield, from Lanfair High School. That's I mean, our guy. Yeah, yeah. right. Our that's guy. our guy. Our guy. It just, and it was genuine. And I was Steve Kirk that thinks the world of Andre. Yeah. Just so, yeah, you guys know. So smart, everything. Mm -hmm. Just and they miss him. They have, the Golden State obviously misses him. They've said that, and yeah. you know, so that was that was a, a thrill for me, a thrill. What a ride! So yes, what a ride, man! Fantastic. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you. All right. You. Appreciate it. Anytime. You, you just look in there. Okay. And just say who you are one time. Okay. Hi, I'm Paul Wapple. That's it. Anything else? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know you recorded. EEK TV, Channel 25, NBC, and Peoria, and had been in the job, my first one, less than six months. NBA superstar Michael Jordan was closing in on hitting the 3,000-point mark during the 1986-87 season, something that hadn't been done in 24 years. Wilt Chamberlain had done it. Uh, I wrote the Chicago Bulls for two press credentials. Incredibly, we got them to cover the Bulls-Atlanta Hawks game at Chicago Stadium April 16, 1987. Let me set the stage. Jordan needed 42 points to get to 3,000. Videographer Mike Hilst and yours truly arrived several hours before game time with the slim hopes... Uh, of getting an interview. Um, where's the, sorry. Um, okay. Oh, after, 
uh, after a long wait, MJ walks down a long hallway with two bodyguards, and I introduce myself to him just outside the entrance to the Bulls locker room, asking him if I could interview him. Jordan says, I have to go into the locker room first. Several minutes went by, and by now there's six or seven other reporters waiting next to me so they can get an interview. Finally, MJ comes out of the locker room, walks right up to me, and says very politely, are you ready? To this day, I thank God I didn't drop the microphone, and I got a one-on-one interview. As a bonus, I got to interview Dominic Wilkins and Spud Webb. As for the game, Jordan scored 61 points, hit 3,000-point mark, and I got to witness history. Uh, and today, 32 years later, no NBA player scored that in 3,000 single seasons. So here's the quick story if you guys want to see it. So yeah. there's a young Paul Wap. I, I, I didn't tell all you guys. Anyway. Um, Michael Jordan has young at the time and I you know I'm, but I when I saw that what Jordan said about the time I wouldn't want to do it again and because yeah and he's th- averaging like 38 a game yeah. right? right like they're talking about Harden can he average 40 you know and because he was a one man gang back then basically yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. and, and the, I don't know if you saw the shot in there the, the half court that would have been if that would have went in they would have won the game they lost oh. it and, and he'd had 64 points wow yeah. but, so but anyway but it's like yeah they, they lost. They lost like by two points. I mean, and, and that's what he said. He traded in for, Doug Collins traded in for a win. But anyway, I had no idea at the time that it would be. I mean, that nobody would do it. I'm I'm, a kid, I'm young and he's my hero. I just you know. But nobody's yeah. done. And then you know, you'd rather win and then they end up winning championships. Thank God. But anyway, that's all. That's all. That's all good. 